40 footed for Ennis. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over. It's over. The Orange have won it. Syracuse has won the national championship. This is the Seth Everett Show. It's a game day. Hallelujah. Feels like the weeks are going slower and slower, but the year's going fast somehow. It's a conundrum. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, October 18th, 2019, and our gavel-to-gavel coverage of Syracuse-Pittsburgh begins three hours ago, right here on ESPN (laughs) Syracuse. Gavel-to-gavel. What is this, Court TV? Court TV. Come on, Judge Judy. Uh, I'm Seth Everett. He is Polly Sibilia. Good morning, Polly. How are you? Good morning. Uh, we didn't have to do a three, two, one. That was pretty good. I can do I it. Like that. Three, two, one. Good morning. <laughs> all <right. laughs> good morning. How is everybody? Okay. Uh, all right. So tonight we have uh, some Syracuse football, and I'm looking forward to it. I have high expectations, and it's the same level of expectations as I did on the NC State game. And so I really do believe that all I want to say is at the end of this game. We are not going to complain about the effort. And that was a big thing because in the Maryland game, that's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? And, th- and that was, that was, the Maryland loss hurt me more than the NC State loss did. And for this game tonight, it, it totally changes the way all of next week is going to feel. Because if they win tonight, next week becomes a hyped thing. And the Florida State game becomes a game that we're all going to now figure out where we're going to be, what we're going to do, how we're going to look at it. We're going to go on it from different angles. We're going to have, you know, Josh Schaefer's going to do an hour. We'll, we'll find all these things. But if they lose it, it's literally going to be then the expectations then disappear. And so Thursday night against NC State, it was dissipate, and now it's disappearing. And so there's a lot of pressure, I think, on the Orange. Again, in college football, it's hard to call any game a must-win game. But if you want to make something of your season, and if you think 7-5 and is a legitimate record and that you can attain, it has to to include a victory tonight. Mathematically, not a must-win. No, of course not. Overall, program-wise, I'm going to say something right now that may be considered a hot take, I think. I wish we had a hot take sound. This is up there with one of the most important games of Dino Baber's tenure at Syracuse right now. You have to beat Pittsburgh at home because you're going to lose the fan base if this game is lost. And you have all the good graces you have built could potentially be gone with a loss to Pittsburgh at the Dome tonight. Yeah, there'll be some angry fans calling the postgame tonight. By yeah, the way, it's, we, it's we irrational and insane. Right. But I've been around this fan base long enough to know that this game is very important for the the fans in this area. And it, and it's it's important from a certain point of view because the point of view is they just want to believe, look, with a sophomore quarterback, you're not going to be as good as when you had a senior quarterback. Correct. So so there had to be a learning curve. And I, I read that in The Athletic today. There's a learning curve. And I, I think that's a great way to describe Tommy DeVito's first season as a starter. But I think that there's an element to this whole thing of – I want to compare it. Just go with me on this. I want to compare it to the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers made the LCS last year. 
And this year's team's not as good as last year's team. They lost their closer. They had all kinds of reasons not to be good. But what they had to prove was they had to make the wild card, not because that makes this season just as good as last year. It's still a retread back. But it proves that the quote-unquote run hasn't ended. And in this circumstance, given the fact that you're going from a senior to a sophomore, given the fact that you've had ridiculous injuries in the offensive line, given the fact that your sophomore quarterback's been hurt, given the fact that you lost wide receivers and you had to change this and change that and change this, and all of the things that are going on, all you want to prove is that the quote-unquote run is still going. And I think a bowl game does that. A bowl game satisfies that. It's not a New Year's Day bowl game, and it's not the, the level of expectations that the fan base had, but it, it it's not a massive step back. You have a sub-500 season, and your season ends you know, in the middle of November, and there's not a hint of Syracuse football in the whole month of December. Then there's, a, then there, there's the argument that Dino Babers is, to coin a phrase of something that we love on this show, a one-hit wonder, and I don't think he is. And I think he's not. I, that's the thing that I have. That, that this is an irrational thing the fans are going to take out of this but, season if it but doesn't you understand make. What it, I'm yes, saying. no, like, I get I, that a hundred percent. Right. That's what I was just saying. It's it's crazy to think that, but with what he's dealing with right now, we may they may be what they are so far is what we've seen. And this pit game is very important to show that you know what we can win with the guys we got on the field right now. And, you know, for for j- just the doomsday scenarios, the doomsday scenarios, and I was uh, I was getting some feedback on social media for the John Wildhack podcast that we're going to air uh, portions of here on the show next week. But I, sub- I ask you to subscribe and listen to it because it's a pretty, pretty great interview. And it's not about the football team in that I don't ask John Wildhack, will you beat Pitt? <laughs> what would you think of the NC State game? Like, we're, 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 it's much more bigger picture issue kind of stuff. And I think that for the growth of this program, there has to be an assurance that, number one, that there's not a shadow of a doubt that Babers is the right guy. And I think that, again, a loss to Pitt, and that's where the mind goes. And then you have to just show that last year was not a flash in the pan and get let Dino Babers retool and let D, uh, Tommy DeVito have a year under his belt as a starter and that this quote-unquote run still goes. And I, I, I think that then you can build the optimism and the enthusiasm that this program needs for next season. And I know that sounds weird, but... Making something happen this season helps the future. It helps recruiting. It helps the finances. It, you know, it helps all of those things. And I just think that's important. So, yeah, mathematically, it's not a must-win game by any stretch of the imagination. But from a health standpoint, it is such a different dialogue next week if this game is a victory. And I don't care if it's a one-point victory. I don't care if they almost give the game away but barely hang on by the skin of their teeth i don't care i just give me a victory just one game that's a victory so that we have a monday where it's going to be really fun to talk syracuse football i will look forward to nate mink on monday i will look forward to all the hype i will look forward to previewing florida state we'll have pregame shows and postgame shows and all those different things and they'll all have a certain fervor 
and that's what I want, and that's what I'm hoping for. And going into this game, you look at the rest of the schedule, they've got five games after tonight to get those wins to make a bowl game. Three of those games yep. are on the road. Yep. You know, it's not in it. Like it's not a murderer's row you're rolling into or anything, but <laughs> you've got to win games on the road if you want to make a bowl after tonight. If you don't beat Pittsburgh, but beat Pittsburgh and and again, you got two more home games, you can try and pick <laughs> off. There you go, and it's it, it's it's a very doable thing, and it, it, you know you you said at the very beginning of the week, you said you know don't sleep on Pitt, they're pretty good, and they are. Um, It'll be interesting to see just how this team comes forward. The big question, I guess, that I, uh, from a football standpoint, that I'll throw out to the listener, I'll throw out to Paulie, I'll throw out to anybody who's you know on social media. If you're listening to the podcast in the future, just tell me how the flying car is. Um, the uh, the argument that this offensive line is not going to give Tommy a second to breathe. And did he practice that all week? You know what I mean? Just hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And prepare for the same problems with the offensive line that we saw against NC State. And can he do quick drops, quick plays, get guys open fast, and just move that football despite their, you know, despite their hindrances? I'll also be interested to see if there's new guys on the field this game. You know, yeah, have have people lost their their roles? Is Sam Heckle still enrolled. <laughs> you know, it's not even an injury thing. Has know, it gotten to the point where where they're looking at new guys now because they haven't gotten the job done in their positions up to this point? You know, are there new guys on the line? Are you know? So let's see, let's see, yeah. And I, I guess I guess one of the things that I think would be fun is to hear from some fans uh, who I would just love to know what a fans. Um, not interest level. That, that's not the right word. Just um, uh, uh, expectation or acceptance level. Maybe your tolerance. Three one five four three seven seven six four four. Might be fun uh, to 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 have some callers and and you know we don't th- we we always take callers but we don't solicit for callers because you know we we, we kind of like say what we want to say and if you want to chime in that's that's your prerogative uh, you can do what you want to do. Um, I've heard that before, but I th- I just think it would be kind of cool to hear what fans enthusiasm level because this is a weird one it's it's a very aw- awkward one i'm curious to know what the atmosphere at the quad will be like i'm I, you know I'm, I'm 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 curious about that um i'm interested to see what kind of a, a of a of a, a crowd we have it's weird that it's the second straight nighttime game it's strange that neither game is on a saturday it's it's the whole thing is kind of convoluted and i'm curious to get fans I just take their temperature, you know, that that that, that kind of thing. It, the good thing about these night games is it spotlights your program and you're the only thing on. The the bad thing is is that it spotlights your program and you're the only thing on. It, and coming off of last year, I think TV did the same thing that a lot of the fans did. You know, where, well, Syracuse is back. They're good. Let's put them on TV. And hopefully they can uh, make a better showing than they did on Thursday night. 
Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 no, no question about that. Um, so we'll try to get a little preview on uh, on Pittsburgh later on this hour as well. There was also an interesting article. Do you subscribe? And I don't mean to put you on the spot. You can lie if you want. Uh, do you subscribe to the Athletic? I don't make that kind of money. <laughs> I don't have I don't have subscription money. You don't have. So, oh, so you're not so you're not getting Disney Plus. No, I. I You're get my twelve Disney story. Plus. I get my twelve stories on Syracuse dot com, and then I get the big floaty thing that blocks me from reading important <laughs> news. That's funny. <laughs> All of them. I don't buy them. There is. A <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, my um, news gets to me through the TV set. <laughs> the TV set. I put on the TV and I shake the antenna until it moves, and then, <laughs> and then I de- define. Um, there was a a very interesting uh, Syracuse mailbag. You remember we had Matthew Gutierrez uh, on the show. Yes. Matthew Gutierrez, a young young kid, um, recent graduate, and now covers Syracuse for the Athletic. And we can get into this later on in the in the hour. Um, but he did a mailbag, and it's again, it's not. When is Sam Heckle gonna play? <laughs> like, I don't mean to pick on this guy, but it seems like that's the theme every every week. But it's um, it, it's it's a, it's an interesting question, and I just want to tease it, and then maybe we can talk about it later on in the show. Um, this is a guy that wrote Matthew. Ready? This is this, this is the question. Okay. The Orange football team will obviously not end with a New York Six appearance, like some predicted they would at the beginning of the season. But you have to assume there is still a light at the end of the tunnel for Dino Babers and company. What is this light, and what does the team need to do to make this season not considered a failure? What a great question. What a great question, and what a great worded question. And like I said, later on in the show, we can get into uh, Matthew's response, because I thought he had a very uh, good response, but... um, I just thought that was it. That was it, it. Struck me in the sense of we say every week, every week after the Clemson game, we said it. After Holy Cross, we said it. After NC State, we said it, and we're going to say it after Pittsburgh. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, hopefully it's not a train. What is the light, <laughs> <laughs> and why should we step away from it? it? It's a very. I thought it was a great question, and uh, like I said, they do deep dive stuff. They do uh, some some really great stuff, and uh, for Syracuse football and basketball fans, I think it's a great option. Uh, this is nothing against the the, the Post Standard and the Syracuse dot com. They do a great job as well. The Athletic, the fact that the Athletic. Which I'm a you know I'm a Jason Stark fan and I, I you know Shams Sharina that's the NBA guy four ninety nine a month four ninety nine a month yep that's I did the annual I did I did that's fifty nine dollars yeah that's that's too big of a lump sum for me that was yeah but I did it back in like <laughs> December of last year and so we have it and I ha- and, and I read it and I I read it on my phone I read it on my computer I print it out it I I, sh- I show off. I put it, I put it at the top of my pile of. Look uh, at how much money I make. Look I at got this. The athletic. You see the athletic. <laughs> I got the athletic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to go downstairs and watch the uh, Disney Plus and subscribe to HBO Max. But don't worry, I'll watch a thirty for thirty on ESPN Plus, and I'll watch commercials for Liberty Football. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, do you do all that on top of your uh, cable? 
A normal cable. I don't cable. have cable. Okay, that's why I, I was, got, I I was curious. Cable. I bet yeah, you 200. still pay just as much money now after no hearing all those subscriptions. I can map it. I can map it for you. You want? I, it'll put our audience to sleep. <laughs> but, but dude, uh, you just named like cable. I know. I, I know exactly what you're saying. You still got to pay my your internet. cable bill. My cable bill uh, through my wife's work. Um, we my my Directv bill for four TVs in my house was two hundred and ten dollars a month. Okay. In December of 18, I told DirecTV to take a walk, and that's my benchmark. Uh-huh. I have not gone over $115 any month. I save almost $100 a month streaming, reading, subscribing, all the apps. It's fantastic. You got room for about 10 more apps in there. That's what I'm saying. So let's pick some apps. But <laughs> Disney Plus... Give me HBO Max, Showtime this, the Peacock app. I'll get the Peacock. I listen to this radio station because it's free. (laughs) It's not really free. As a matter of fact, we have to pay some bills. We'll continue here with more, and we'll find out how much money everybody in the station has (laughs) right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Don't forget, here on the show, well, this is part of our gavel-to-gavel pregame coverage for Syracuse and Pitt. It gets underway at 11 this morning uh, with Danny Shays and Atan Thomas, and it goes through the quad, goes into every classroom, and goes up into the dome and gets you set for play-by-play. And then, after the game, flip on over here to ESPN Syracuse, because uh, we barely play any commercials, and it's the Burdick Toyota postgame show. That's why we don't play commercials, because we just say it in the title. Uh, James Mungro, former uh, big league running back and um, big league NFL running back <laughs> with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and, of course, SU uh, will take your calls. Uh, we'll talk about the Syracuse-Pittsburgh game. Uh, he will be at the Dome. I will be in studio, and uh, we're looking forward to all of that. Uh, right here on ESPN Syracuse. So it should be a lot of fun. I got uh, baseball on the brain, I guess. Big leagues. Big leagues is only a baseball term. Like, no one ever says big leagues for anything else. NBA, that doesn't work. Well, yeah, because there's no minors for any of the other sports. Oh, uh, there's minor league hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I said sports. Right. Minor league minor league <laughs> hockey on your home for crunch hockey right here. Uh, uh, ESPN Syracuse. Okay. Uh, last night, the, uh, the New York Yankees. I don't know if I can ever say the Yankees name without doing my John Sterling. It'll be a 2-2. Um, the Yankees lost 8-3 to the uh, the Houston Astros. There are a couple of things to take away from this game, at least from my perspective, and then we'll get Pauly's uh, analysis on this as well. Um, yeah, that was that kind of set you up there. Yeah, um, I, I'll tell you what. Here's with my analysis. Yeah, tell me. I will. Well, you can't say in a little bit if you want me to answer now. That was one okay. thing. But oh, second, of all, point. second of all, second of all. <laughs> I was busy working last night, so I did not see, see any of, of the Yankee game last night. In next segment, here's a tease. I'll tell you what I was doing. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but you're a baseball Yankees. insider, so let's hear what you got to say. <laughs> that's, a, that's a report. Uh, the rumors. Um, the Yankees uh, had a shot in this game. Uh, Zach Greinke was not on his game in the beginning of the uh, contest. And actually, the Yankees scored their first run on a bases-loaded walk. 
And this whole series, they have not been able to get the big hit. But they had bases loaded then. They had two on and two out in another inning. I think it was the fourth inning. And they just couldn't get the big hit. And then I know a lot of people are making a big deal about defense um, for errors. But if this game was an 8-7 game, I would say that's a big problem. Still, the problem was they couldn't get any hits. And if they're up you know, 4-1 in this game, it's a totally different bullpen. It's a totally different strategy, the whole thing. So the last four innings of this game were kind of like regular season in July. That, that's what they felt like. And this, it, it's, a, it's a very different feel. Masahiro Tanaka, I'm going to say this. I think there's something wrong with him because – if you remember game two that he – no, no, game one that he pitched, the 7-0 win, he threw six innings where he faced the minimum. He gave up a hit and a walk, and both were erased on a double play. So he faced the minimum amount of hitters you could face, 67 pitches in six innings. And according to Aaron Boone, and Aaron Boone said it once, twice, three times, all week long, that Masahiro Tanaka asked out of that game. So everybody said, how do you take Masahiro Tanaka out of that game? He's cruising. And we said, oh, there's all kinds of everything going on. And, and, and you know, there's so many off days. It's not going to be a problem. The Yankees have this great bullpen. They were winning 7 nothing. You take Masahiro Tanaka out, and it's fine. But the fact remains is that yesterday he wasn't fine. And he was at home in a game the Yankees needed and he has been a money pitcher. Do you know that his career postseason ERA is under 1.5 going into yesterday? And mm-hmm. all I'm saying is something must not be right. So it has to be something must not be right. Is there? Are they scripted though? Like I hear everybody giving Boone guff, as the kids would say, uh, for for the way he's handled the pitchers so far in this series is it something's wrong with him or is it just pre-scripted that these guys are pitching this amount and he's got to come out at this point no because you could tell he wasn't right you, you could just tell his body language yesterday the, the whole demeanor just something wasn't right and what i'm wondering is yes there are times when pitchers just don't have it but i have never heard masahiro tanaka ask out of a game I have never heard a manager kind of throw his pitcher under the bus all week long because rather than take the criticism, you know, that that's what a manager is supposed to do. Like, why'd you take Masahiro Tanaka out after six innings in game one? Well, because I really wanted to. I wanted to get my bullpen and let, you know, Joe from the Bronx call the fan and go in and say, yeah, Aaron Boone doesn't know what he's doing and, 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 and take the bullet for him. And in in this circumstance, he didn't. And I thought that was very strange. I thought it was absolutely odd. And I also think that when you talk about this pitching staff, Severino can't get third inning. James Paxton is hit or miss. They do not have Domingo Herman. Let's not forget that. No one writes about it. No one is talking about it. But Domingo Herman really shot the Yankees in the foot when he was uh, uh, accused of domestic violence and was promptly suspended for the rest of the season and all those things are big deals and you can't beat the houston astros the houston astros are a great team they're going to be the favorite to win the world series they are the best team in the sport they have been the best team in the sport 
And it's not a big deal to say you're losing to the best team. And that the only question will be is can the Yankees beat Verlander? The, the Yankees still have a shot in this series. Here's why. Because you have Justin Verlander in Yankee Stadium. Can the Yankees beat Justin Verlander in Yankee Stadium? Sure they can. His ERA is a half a run higher on the road than it is at home. So uh, you have a shot. And if you do, you're 3-2 going back there. And they have Garrett Cole in Game 7. But the the key is, is Game 6, they don't have anybody. They Brad Peacock, who pitched last night, they might go with. It's basically going to be a bullpen day. And, okay, that you can win that. So now you're in Game 7. And, yes, they have Garrett Cole, and he hasn't lost in five months, and you're probably not going to win. You're probably not going to win anyway, but in a Game 7, anything can happen. So all you got to do is get there. Can the Yankees – are the Yankees dead? No. No, by, by any stretch, no. Because their offense can ignite at any minute. But they're not going to – I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they can win. I don't think they're as good a team. And in seven-game series – it's funny about baseball. Five-game series, the best team doesn't always win. But in seven-game series, the best team usually wins. And I think the Astros will win. And I predicted at the beginning of the season, Astros in six. And my reasoning was I didn't think there'd be a rainout. And I didn't think Justin Verlander would pitch game five. I thought he would pitch game six. So I said Astros in six. But if he wins tonight and it's all over, there'll be no baseball. I know I'll have an eye on that game while the Syracuse pit game is going on, and I'll chime in with updates <laughs> right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle of the SU post game. I'll just go, hey, by the way, they got another hit. Uh, so we shall see that. Uh, there was a very disturbing incident with the fans, and remember the conversation we had about the Uber driver. Remember that. Remember that mm-hmm. conversation. There was another situation with the fans last night, and it was worse. Plus, what did Polly do last night? We'll talk about all of that coming up. And notice how my tease and what his tease was. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. Again, Syracuse pit tonight. Getting ready. Got a good feeling about tonight. Uh, two, two precursors before I tell my story that I teased at the end. Number one, um, I will not stereotype all Yankee fans. I learned that. I want to thank that young lady who yelled at me on Twitter, Ugh. uh, about stereotyping. Yankees <laughs> fans aren't a class of people. You can stereotype them. That's right. I, it's, it's just, I don't like stereotyping oh, people. There goodness. are certain Yankee fans. I still do think it's the third most obnoxious fan base in baseball. Um, however, uh, I also thought a, a touching moment. CC uh, Sabathia came in in kind of a mop-up situation, and the guys had a borderline Hall of Fame career. I know people are going to get mad at me. I just I don't see it, but that's okay. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. Um, and his knee was bothering him. And so he had the trainers come out, and it was kind of sad to see that if that's his last appearance. Because I thought his other last appearance, his last regular season appearance, was really nice and a really special event. And they had a CC Sabathia day, and I thought that was very, very uh, good. And I think he's an outstanding guy. I think he's an amazing pitcher. Um, and 
I, I just I don't like to see a guy go out like that. You know, that that's just the, the thing. Okay. So last week, just to recap for those of you who are new to the show, last week I thought it was obnoxious when uh, Dobnak, I forgot his first name, some dude on the Minnesota Twins who like three months prior was an Uber driver when he was playing in the minors. And now he was pitching game two of the American League Division Series. They taunted him with Uber, Uber. And I thought that was kind of obnoxious, you know, and I, I, I said it, I stand by it. I, you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes. You know, that's, that's, that's the way I felt. But last night, Zach Greinke's on the mound and Zach Greinke has suffered from social anxiety disorder. Are we leaving this music on for a reason? There is no music playing, so I don't know what you're hearing. Okay, there's a thing in my headset. I'm I'm rocking some. <laughs> some what are you tunes. hearing? I was hearing some some classic rock. I guarantee you, TK99 was bleeding into my headphones. Um, are you hearing it still? No, it's out. It's off now. Uh, I think somebody in the in the office heard me say that. I'm sorry. I thought it was you. I I, I was just like wondering. Okay, coming down. Three, two, one. <laughs> uh, Zach Granke. Um, struggles with uh, social anxiety disorder, takes medication for it, uh, actually left baseball for a year uh, because of it, and suffers from depression. And I take mental illness very seriously, as anybody should. And they fans were chanting at him about... They, they were chanting things to, to hear it. They were hearing chants about his mental illness and they also had chance ch pointed toward Granky's mother and called the pitcher by his first name Donald I, I, I just who are these people that are going to Yankee Stadium and I, I want none of them to experience anything positive you don't mock a person for mental illness I agree a hundred percent with you. I, 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 I don't get what makes that fun for anybody to do that at NJ any. NJ.com reported it was um, about prescription medications, like Xanax, and I mean, awful, awful. Granky told reporters after his performance he didn't hear the chants, but it was heard on TV. Josh Reddick was shocked to hear the chants after the game. Reddick said, "This is the first time I've heard it." I don't know if low class is the right word, but Yankee fans are hectic. They definitely are harsh here in this ballpark. They support their team as loud as they can. They're going to show up. They apparently do a lot of research into people, too, before they show up, too. So. I mean, oh, my God. And I'm sorry, but it's the same mocking. It's the same uh, obnoxious, disgusting performance. I... I just go to games to watch the game. How can you how can you live with yourself? You mocked Zach Greinke for mental illness? What a disaster. What uh, fine. Uh, you want to you want to know something? I won't classify all Yankee fans. The Yankee fans that were at that ball, ball game, I'd like to punch them all in the nose. <laughs> the old punch them in the no bop them in the face as the kids I'd would bop say. Bop them in the face. Ugh. You, Disgusting. Want well, to know what I was doing last night while all that was going on? This is a sick way. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I was not chanting anything. 
I was making <laughs> I was making show opens for our basketball programming right here on ESPN. As a matter of fact, oh, that's fun. Can we play one? Um, th- that Do we, we have any? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Uh, as a matter of fact, coming up on Monday night, we kick yes. off our basketball coverage with hey. the. With the GNC Foods Jerry McNamara show live from the Wildcat Pizza Pub in Camillus. Hey now, and uh, th- there's one, nice. And then on Tuesday night we have more coaches shows. Hey, we have uh, the Alan Griffin show brought to you by Love Davidson that. Ford and Clay. Alan Griffin, one of the people who left when I showed up to watch the NC State. <laughs> that will be Tuesday nights at Atilio's if you'd like to go check that one out. I'll be there asking Alan Griffin. Well, let's see if yeah, you're on the radio now. You can't leave now. Ha ha. <laughs> also, we've got the Adrian Autry show on Tuesdays there as well from uh, Shaughnessy's at the Marriott Syracuse downtown brought to you by Charles Heating, Air, Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. And you have the opens for all of these? Can we hear one? Uh, Give the fans what they want. Play since I made fun of Alan Griffin. Play the Alan Griffin. Oh, of course you would do that after I opened another one. All that. Oh, that's fine. Open. Play whatever one you're gonna do. Uh, give me two seconds here. I gotta dig through. Do, do, do. That's all right. We, we got nothing else going on. High off the glass. Pretty good move by Alan Griffin, the sophomore out of Brooklyn. Live from Attilio's Restaurant and Bar on James Street. This is the Alan Griffin Show, presented by Davidson Ford and Clay. Griffin will hit. Chance for a three-point play. Here are Seth Goldberg, Mike Waters, and Coach Griffin. Ooh. Is there an alternate take where you call him Buckshot? <laughs> no. But that's what I spent my night doing during the Yankees game. That was fun. So you had the game on with the sound off, possibly? No. I was focused focused oh. on my screen. Getting all the sponsors. See, I can't work like that. I can't work like that. I either have the television on or even if I'm editing audio, I'll have the TV on with the sound off. You want to hear something amazing about doing this? And I hope this sure. doesn't get Coach Autry mad at me. <laughs> okay. I can't find Coach Autry videos of him playing. Like there's it goes from it goes from like Griff is right at the start of the ability to find people's highlights with calls in them on YouTube. Adrian Autry is uh, Doug Logan years. Yeah, you can't find him on you, you can't find him on YouTube. I had the same That's issue weird. with Danny Shays. I could find a Tom Thomas because he played with Griff on YouTube, but right. I couldn't find Danny Shays highlights anywhere. That's really weird. I wonder why. I wonder, and it's not the age thing. No, it definitely is. It's you. Nobody, nobody kept everything's on VHS back then, and you weren't able to upload them to to YouTube easily. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Babe Ruth footage, you know, like where everybody has it. Also, can it's... I can I make fun of Andrew Siciliano? Sure. Okay, Andrew Siciliano of the NFL Network and um, and uh, um, uh, the Directv NFL Red Zone Channel. I'll bet you. I would bet you at dinner that he has digitized his calls of basketball from the Final Four. I will guarantee you, there's a file. And that after the show, I am going to call him, and I'm going to find out. Not only do I think that he saved his cassettes of it, but I'm saying in the course of the last 20 years, when digitizing audio became a thing, I guarantee you, Andrew, I don't know why I have this hunch, but of all the people I went to school with, he has 
There is some file of him calling an SU basketball game, and Adrian Autry played in that game. All right, we'll ask him. I would love to get it. And uh, also, I have huh? all of my my uh, rock radio DJing years uh, on cassette in my. I have, uh, I have cases my, of cassettes. I have my cases office. of cassettes in my in my basement. I have cases. There's a cassette where when uh, when the wild card came. This is from the '90s. I have a cassette of me on the radio saying that if you're going to have one wild card, you need to have two. I called that 17 years before they implemented it, and I, it's on cassette somewhere. I could prove it. Nobody believes me. No, There's not a soul that believes me. All right. Um, so my blood's still boiling, and I'm sorry, but the, the fans with Zach Greinke, that's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And poo on you and poo on all the fans that are talking about Yankee baseball today. I'm just they're, they're bothering me today. All right. Uh, we'll continue. Get you set for our pregame coverage. I will run down eight, all 17 pregame shows that we have here on ESPN Syracuse in just a moment. Right here. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Bill Rapp's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, mobile device, or tablet at BillRap.com. And hey, on October 26th, there'll be lots of hay. The World of Beer presents Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny USA. There'll be over 100 craft beers from more than 50 breweries. It's a brewfest with a Halloween twist. Come dressed up for a costume contest. Uh, I recommend Superman. $250 uh, prize in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And you don't want to see my Superman. Uh, <laughs> Haunted Games, live actors from Frightmare Farms, Museum of Intrigue, Halloween Movies, and more. General admission VIP tickets available now for the two Brewfest sessions at hollowhops.com or buy in person at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. So make sure you get to all of that. Um, that Brewfest is coming up next week, and I'll be in town, so I will be there, right there. That's um, frightening. <laughs> that, that'll scare people away. And hurt. <laughs> we get a message from sales like, "Don't mention, don't mention your appearances anymore." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, nothing like ending a show on a whimper. Stay tuned. Centers of attention. Don't forget, after the football game tonight, James Mungro and myself will have the Burdick Toyota post-game show right here on ESPN Syracuse. See you then.